Thanks for tuning in to Small Big Wings, a window to the world of young, ambitious problem solvers. They are makers, designers, builders, hackers, scientists who heard their inner voice and amplified it. To learn more about our guest and to view the highlights of this episode, head on over to fbw.hvj.coach. Karthik is a graduate of Engineering Design Department of IIT Madras and is one of the co-founders of Saral Design Solutions. He has designed and commercialized the world's first decentralized sanitary napkin manufacturing machine. He is a winner of the National Entrepreneurship Award 2016 by the Ministry of Skill Development and Entrepreneurship, the winner of ASME iShow Global 2017 for Hardware-Led Social Innovations, winner of Outlook India Innovation 2019, and also awarded by BCH and Idhana for Best Innovation in the Personal Hygiene Industry in India. Karthik and his co-founder Suhani have displayed a solid sense of design thinking built on the foundation of empathy and humility. Their chemistry has literally woven to help alleviate suffering and is working towards removing the stigma around menstruation. I am reminded here of the famous hymn by Narsi Mohan. Vaishnav Janto Tene Kahiye Je Peer Parai Jane Re. This is the empathy. Par Dukhe Upkar Kare Toe Man Abhiman Na Ane Re. This is the humility. As Carl Jung said, creative man is a riddle that we may try to answer in several ways, but always in vain. It's a truth that has not prevented modern psychology from turning now and again to the question of the artist and his art. Today, please come together to wish Sohani and Karthik great power and join me in welcoming Karthik on the Small Big Wins podcast. Karthik, it's a privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you, Harsh. Thanks for the wonderful introduction that you have given. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast here. Karthik, in any endeavor, there is a dynamic interplay of several ingredients. There is the ingredient of personal lifestyle, of luck and chance, of people, intuition, systems. Can you first describe for us how both you and Sohani came together. What was the interplay? And then how did Saral come about? So Harsh, uh, just to give a brief background about myself and how it led to Saral Designs, just like to uh, say that since my college days, I was you know, very passionate about creating hardware products, especially products which could uh, create a social impact. So post my graduation, I was looking for these kind of opportunities so initially i'd worked with my father to build some products and sell them but i really wanted to build products which i could scale and which could have a huge impact so this was a time where i was uh, looking for the right venture and that is when i had met suhani now suhani she has she was working in a investment bank that time but she had a very strong inclination towards doing social work so during that time she found out about the issue of menstrual hygiene in uh, rural India, 
and it was very shocking to actually learn how women there are managing their periods so that is when we realized that we wanted to do something about it we had spent about 6 months just trying to create a model trying to figure out a bottleneck that exists in the system today and soon we realized that uh, this is somewhere where both of our energies come together and we saw a huge gap that was there which is in the manufacturing of these pads as well and so we realized we wanted to create a decentralized system of manufacturing which would make these pads available and affordable to these women even in the remotest of towns so that is how we had started this company in around 2015 and it's been 5 years now you yeah. spoke about that during your college days you had this huge inclination towards doing something socially creating a social impact what are the roots for that how is that related to your upbringing so i think initially uh, when i started off during my college days my department was in engineering design and we were very it's a course which is very inclined towards how do you create hardware products so initially it started off with okay how, about building and designing new kind of products and at that time the social impact angle was not something which was there but then some of the projects that i had taken up one of the projects that i had built was a water saving flushing mechanism so every time that uh, that we use flush we use about more than 10 liters of water per flush so we had designed a mechanism which reduced that amount of water by 50% so now as a product design uh, challenge it was uh, you know really interesting but then also when we evaluate that the impact that these kind of designs can create once it is scaled up is immense that is when i started thinking about building products which could have a a bigger social impact so one of the next projects that i had done was building a device which could turn pages of a book uh, and it was designed for people who did not have arms or who were not able to use their limbs and uh, i couldn't imagine how these children used to you know read their books uh, it was a very big learning for me when i had visited a plastic society and i could witness the struggle that these guys were having that they had their parents hold the book for them or recite the entire book for them and eventually many of these children just gave up on reading books so then we, when we could demonstrate the product that we had made and we could see how it could impact the children and we could see a smile on their face when you know they are able to read a book by themselves so that is very impactful for me as well and that is when i realized that this is some kind of work that i would really enjoy doing and that product the page flipper it is is existing now it is out in the market yeah so the that device we had patented along with the iit itself so it's a joint patent between iit and the creators and we have gone and further unfortunately these kind of products unless it's taken as a venture unless it's taken up as a company they don't really commercialize so well and obviously there's a lot more work that had to be done to make it or convert it into a, a really robust product so a lot of students even after us have worked on improving the design and iit is looking for uh, companies that can just purchase this product and you know, they would like to commercialize that oh excellent so i would definitely do yeah. my best to see if what can be done about it with my own small circle of influence kartik the famous murray had said whatever you can do or dream begin it boldness has genius power and magic in it you have been the chief architect the main force behind designing this world's first decentralized sanitary napkin manufacturing machine and this of course has led to the making of 
a good quality sanitary napkin, a very good quality and at a very reasonable price. If you can tell us a little bit about the creative mayhem behind this. When we had started designing this machine and designing the product, the first thing that we had realized was that it's not that although the, the women in rural India, they want affordable product, but also they're still very aspiring. So it's not that you can give a, a slightly lower quality product and you know, they would be fine to use it. They are also very aspirational women. So we had decided that we want to make a machine that can make these really good quality pads available and still try to make them affordable. First step started with the design of the sanitary napkin itself. And we had to figure out how, what all raw materials are used. How do we bond all of them together? And something which is going to give a, a delightful experience when any woman is going to use this product. Uh, so one of the first prototypes that we made, and it was Suhani and my other colleagues in my company itself, who started using these products and unless our team members were satisfied by using our products we didn't really go out to the market so that is the first step that we did and after that when we started the designing of the machine trying to copy a high speed line it wouldn't have solved the purpose we wanted to make these decentralized unit and wanted to make them available or affordable for local entrepreneurs so they wouldn't have crores of crores and crores of budget to purchase this machine so in our case it was designed from scratch like once we had the product figured out and we had the processes in mind that how we could form the product what all layers need, need to be bound together and how it has to be cut we had started design from scratch so it was a long journey for us to develop this machine because it's the first of its kind in the world so a lot of mechanisms were simplified and still made robust so initially for the first uh, eight to nine months we worked out of my father's office and he was having a small area where he would build few packaging machines so we started making our first prototypes there and uh, it took us about eight to nine months to just make a prototype from a machine which we could then show to some of our angel investors and then uh, form a company and really start things off so i think that was a very important phase and luckily i had the guidance of my father as well who helped me out a lot with, with the designing initially Necessity is the mother of invention, then curiosity is surely the father. Now, large businesses who are making these sanitary products, the personal hygiene companies, they have been doing it for years and years together. But how they have not been able to spot this gap and how you guys have been able to spot this gap and address it, that is the startup mentality advantage which comes. So my question is that, why do businesses which are already there lose this edge? So I can explain in our field how we see like the reason why the large companies have not entered this space a lot. Firstly, uh, Indian market is huge. So there are 300 million menstruating women and that's a very big number. And again, the penetration when we, especially when we started the company in 2015 was less than 15%. So less than 15% of women in India were using sanitary napkins. When I look at it from the perspective of a big company, initially, even the urban markets in, in India were not captured. So a lot of women, even in urban areas, were not using these products. And as a big company, obviously, they have their strengths, they have their scale of production, and they have their distribution channels, which are set but when i talk about indian market the distribution of 
these products in tier 3 tier 4 towns is is very poor we have to understand the the limitations of also the existing distribution channel that exist it's very hard for a big player to go into a very remote village with about 50 households and there's just one retail shop who does not stock sanitary napkins so it's very tough for even a big company to go and penetrate in that area so that is when we had realized that it's not uh, just a job of a few big corporates to take these products to the people who need them but it has to be a combined effort of a lot of local entrepreneurs and we realized if we create a decentralized model where each of these districts can have their own production and distribution that is when we can increase the access of these products so that is where we realized that there's this gap there is this opportunity that exists and there is a lot of strengths that the local entrepreneurs have which even the big companies do not have and we wanted to leverage that and that is how we you know, began this decentralized model of manufacturing and distributing of sanitary napkins. When the angel investors saw your prototype, what, what were some of the first comments which came from them? What was the excitement then? In 2015, it was a, a really good time for startups. Even people with idea used to get funds. So that way it was a good time. But again, for a hardware type of uh, startup, it's still always tricky because you can't show the 100x growth that, that is expected out of startups. But in our case, it was a very big market that we were talking about. And the first things, we obviously uh, went to our investors with a working prototype and we had asked the investors to give it to their wives or to women that they knew and just collect the feedback before giving us an answer so once that phase happened where investors got the feedback from their wives or their sisters that it was a really good product that is when things started moving and then we were able to quickly close our first round of funding before that the six eight months that we had we we were obviously bootstrapped. Uh, we worked in a, on a very tight budget and didn't draw much salary. But I think at the end of that phase where we had a really good working prototype, it helped us out a lot to raise our first round of funding. Fantastic. And, and I think even as you speak to me today, you do not have any venture cap funding. Yeah, we started off with the angel round of funding and uh, then we had looked at a model where we could create a brand out of this and we were talking to few venture capitalists, but then we realized that the vision that we had was not uh, matching with what the expectations that the venture capitalists were having. We wanted to create an impact in tier two, tier three, tier four towns. We wanted to take our products there and improve lives of people. And it was not only about making money and that was not the only goal. So although we are as a for-profit company, but both me and Suhani as founders, we wanted to create a positive social impact. So due to that reasons, we found that venture capital model is not something that was working very well for us. And then we changed our direction and we looked uh, towards other sources of funds. And we found a lot of different kind of grants that you know, were available for companies like us. So we had started approaching these kind of organizations where instead of returns, we could deliver the impact that we are creating, which these type of funds generally look for. So whether it is in, in creating awareness in women about menstrual hygiene or it is increasing the attendance of girls in schools or improve the health and hygiene of these women. These are the metrics that these organizations are, are looking for. So that is where we were lucky to be able to raise a few of these grants and that has helped us to scale our model to 
to many new locations. And I think uh, what you say is very sensible because you described earlier that both Sohani and yourself wanted to reach the last mile. You wanted to get into the smaller villages, the tier four with this product. And uh, when you get into the areas where last mile is involved, generally venture cap funds stay a little away from that. Yes, and it makes sense for them. Obviously, a venture capital model runs in a very different way where they also have to give returns to the investors that they get the funds from. They would do deals which would at least you know, give, give them 10x returns. We were not very clear. We also felt that we are on the same path. But as the operations of the company started and we realized that, okay, if we are trying to create an impact, it's going to take us time to penetrate these villages. It's changing habits, which is a slightly long time taking thing. So again, as you mentioned, it becomes tough for a VC to fund these kind of models. As in, there, there are some companies who are working in the bottom line, but they're able to deliver that kind of returns in a short span of time. And for these kind of companies, it would still be viable. But something like us, maybe in future, we never know. If, if you're able to create a model which, with which we can generate returns fast, then, then it would work out. Yeah, I think uh, this is quite a unique uh, inspiration and model to many those who would study it because one you have a vision and you are doing everything to reach the last mile you have demonstrated it in several ways you have a product which is uh, which is a physical machine it's not like a internet service related kind of thing it's a proper hardware and you are in the social sector you are alleviating suffering and with all this intersection you have been able to find the source of funding. So I think a lot of people who are coming out of colleges and degree programs, they think that anything which they are doing has to be internet related. And in that sense, Saral breaks that myth. So I think for both for me and Hani, uh, I think we were clear that we didn't want to be an e-commerce type of startup. Uh, a few of when we were initially approaching investors, uh, a few of them, offered us that if we would be to e-commerce type of startup and if we would you know create a luxurious brand product then they had their check ready but we were clear that it's not something that we would feel really happy doing so that kind of clarity helped us a lot but i think for the young guys who are very keen to create hardware products or very keen to create impact yeah so even when we started we weren't much aware about these kind of opportunities that used to exist so obvious route even for us was to look up for vc funding but once after two three years and we were not able to raise these kind of funds we realized that okay there are these other opportunities that we can look at there are even different kind of government grants that are available so there are a lot of different opportunities these days and over the last five years these opportunities have just increased so it's better for young entrepreneurs now than it was maybe a decade back excellent karthik you have gained your experience in machine designing from first principles as i read what does this mean yeah so when i graduated from iit i'd worked at a corporate for an year and after that, uh, I'd worked as an automotive engineer in noise and vibrations, which was a very in-depth uh, subject, but on a very particular field. While machine designing is a very broad subject. So I had left the corporate and worked with my father where we developed a few of these machines. And again, these were from scratch and very customized machines based on the client's requirements. But after that, I worked under a machine designer called Harshwadhan Gupta. He was one of India's best uh, machine designers. He's an alumnus of IIT Bombay of 1975 batch. And it is under him that I 
truly learned the skill or practically doing machine designing obviously during my courses there were there was a lot of theoretical knowledge that i had gained but to put it to practice was something that i had uh, done under harshwardhan sir and during this tenure most of the projects undertaken by him were very unique and there was something that has to be designed from absolutely zero so now that is where i gained the experience of how we could come up or design a machine from zero as in it's not a module has been developed or there's a differential increment in the design which would increase the performance by a small difference which is what i had in my automotive engineering career where the design efforts that we would put would lead to an incremental increase in the performance of the vehicle but here while i was learning machine designing it was building a new machine from zero and it's a, it's a fairly big learning curve and even today is huge for me i have like a ton of knowledge that i'm yet to gather so so it's a very interesting field when it comes to engineering i think that automotive engineering has taken up a lot of space and attention but i think machine designing is something that somewhere it has been uh, left behind and i wish and hope that a lot of engineers take this kind of field take this up so it's a very interesting and challenging field as well yes i think that's a very important insight that you are sharing when mr harshwardhan gupta came to know about your perfect machine right for making the sanitary napkins what was his reaction actually when i started working with harshwardhan gupta it was before i started sell designs or before the sanitary napkin venture that started when i had met him initially i was working with my father and we had designed a few of the packaging industry what i had showcased to him before i got offered a job and he was very happy with the firstly with young engineers who were trying to venture into this field so that is what impressed him and obviously the machine itself was a, a very well designed and a unique in a way that we had put, brought down the cost of the machine by a huge margin and gave the same output so he was impressed with that but obviously there was a lot of robustness that we had to add to the machine and he explained me about and he gave me few ideas where i could improve on that so that's how we initially started working together to get some idea from you kartik on how do the capital costs of your machine compare with what is available how do the speeds compare so ours is a machine that works on a very different scale from a high speed line so when we talk about a high speed line they can make anywhere between 300 to 1200 sanitary napkins in a minute which is really fast but these machines cost anywhere from 10 crores to 40 crores which is also a huge investment but it's not just the investment uh, once a entrepreneur purchases this kind of machinery they have to sell out millions and millions of uh, these products daily to consumers and for a lot of indian entrepreneurs they don't have that kind of bandwidth to create a big brand in such a short space of time which makes it you know very difficult for entrepreneurs to get into this kind of production while we when we talk about our machine we typically sell them for about 25 lakhs to 30 lakhs and uh, the speed of the machine would be around uh, 16 to 40 pads per minute depending on the variants and typically if an entrepreneur is able to even run this machine for a single shift and is able to sell out that produce within 2 year span they would be able to recover the funds that they are putting 
for getting into this venture. So this places it you know, perfectly for an entrepreneur who's looking to start a new business and willing to take up some loan and then run it for at least five years and build a local brand. So it, it just fits perfectly for these entrepreneurs. So you are saying that if he runs your machine for a single shift for two years, he, his payback is done. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so the cost of the machine, also the target for price of the machine that we had was also based on this. We had done calculations in our early stages and we realized that these are the typical margins that exist in this product. And so we could come up with a price which makes it suitable for an entrepreneur, for a local entrepreneur to get into. And that is how we have designed this entire model. Your brand is active. So when someone buys this machine from you, does he have his own brand or he can make the active brand also? Yeah, so we have both the options. In fact, if an entrepreneur wants to create his own brand, we are you know, happy to give them our machine. We support, provide a lot of support in terms of the raw materials, quality raw materials that can be procured. And we are in touch with most of the suppliers there. And also we provide a after sales service. So after sales team is one of the biggest team in our company. Because we know that these machines have to keep running. So there is that option. But also there is an option where we do a co-branding sort of thing where we ourselves are involved in creating a lot of awareness in the area that the machine has been installed. So our team would go there and we would partner with organizations and create a lot of awareness and create market for these kind of units. So in in those kind of circumstances, we generally go for a co-branding since we are also creating the market. So both, both of these options are possible with us. When an entrepreneur decides to do co-branding with you, you provide him support to create awareness in the region. And is there also some kind of sharing which happens between you and the entrepreneur? Right. So that is how it, uh, it generally works out. Uh, we typically would uh, try to raise few grants initially. And once we have those grants in place, we would partner with these organizations and we would work out a profit sharing agreement with these entrepreneurs and uh, we would help them in creating the market. So it's it's then more like a partnership where right. it's both of us together. That is how we try to work it out. And you also take the complete responsibility of the supply of raw materials for the napkins yes uh, we have realized that is a very important factor for our model as well because as a small unit for a new entrepreneur it might actually get challenging to procure these eight different raw materials that go into making a sanitary napkin and to get the uh, the, the moq is not a very big moq as per the standards that have been set by the large units so while we place our order, we would place for about five or six clients together. And then it makes it uh, more cost sensitive and cost effective in that way. And I think it takes away all the headache from them in terms of quality control, in terms of not getting the right product for manufacturing. Absolutely. I think in this kind of product, you don't uh, get many chances to make mistakes. Right? You want to get this product right the first time. So we have uh, good knowledge of five years where we have tried out many different kinds of raw materials. We can also give some kind of advice based on what the market is looking for. So obviously in each different region, each market is different and the expectations from product are different. So that way we try to help out the entrepreneur in figuring out the right product that will work out in their market. So that also is very important. And uh, you have so far how many 30, 40 machines out in the market? 
Yeah, so we have sold about um, 33 units as of today. And we have also exported about five of them to other developing nations like in Bangladesh, in Nepal, in Africa, Bhutan, we have sent one. So yeah, our kind of model, it also fits for different developing nations, which especially which are not, do not have a big population because these kind of countries for them, uh, getting a high speed line would not make sense at all because they would not have enough demand since they can even get a couple of our machines and they can cater to the entire uh, market in their area. So so that is how our model while decentralized model for india is a interesting concept but decentralizing the production even if i look at in terms of small nations it also makes a lot of sense since they would be independent and wouldn't have to import these products talking about uh, decentralization it's a weird analogy but i'm inclined to make it that you are like the bitcoin of sanitary napkins <laughs> uh, yeah I, yeah as in you can make that comparison and what what we realize the strength of a decentralized model is that each and every entrepreneur that is on board have their own strengths and uh, have their own contribution to grow this model so that is what is very unique about this kind of model and can you say comfortably karthik that all these machines which have gone to different parts of india and some of the neighboring countries they are running well without problems. They are using capacity to a good extent. It, the expectations that different entrepreneurs have is very different. Some of the entrepreneurs that we have, they look at it as a very commercial business and they are really interested to grow a brand and they want to put 10 of these units. They want to scale it up. That is their intention. And these guys are very driven. They run this these machines for double or even triple shifts. And they use it to the maximum of the capacity that this machine has so there are a few of these entrepreneurs that we have on board uh, there are different entrepreneurs like there are a few ngos who are very clear that they want to create an impact in a very remote area where these pads are not even accessible as of today so even if the demand uh, there is not very high in terms of impact creation they are excelling at their work so almost all of these units uh, whatever the intention that they have started this business with then almost all of them are doing well a uh, few of the guys that we had who for whom the model did not work out and but but we are open and we have purchased back these machines so we are also clear that we want to have partners who are in this for long term and we look at them as partners so that we actually do create positive impact how does the final costing of your product compared with the market the cost of raw materials is something which uh, which would be more or less similar to for our kind of model the the area where we create a significant impact is the cost of distribution uh, because just imagine if you are making these napkins say for example in in goa and you're taking it all the way to uttar pradesh or bihar and distributing just the cost of transporting these pads is very high because it's a, a low weight, high volume product. While in our decentralized model, the cost of transportation is drastically low. So that is where there is a cost saving that can be done in terms of the product pricing. So again, for different entrepreneurs or for different partners, it's slightly different where people want to create a brand. The MRP is bad par with the market price, but where people are looking to create an impact, they try to Typically, you know, they're not looking for profit, so they try to give it at a very reasonable price so that people start adopting these products. So there's a, a range uh, of the, for the pricing as well. 
but generally we are at par or slightly below the market price understand essentially the capital costs are no longer a deterrent while keeping the price point or even be lower than that yes yes definitely. i was just doing a quick math kartik and you said that the high end machine which the large manufacturers have is 1200 Pieces a minute, and your highest speed is forty pieces a minute. So that's one thirtieth of the speed. True. But if I compare the cost of forty crores to thirty thirty-five lakhs, the cost is one hundred and thirtieth of that cost. So, so that is a huge plus because on the cost you are far far lower, and giving a speed which is far more uh, advantageous. so uh, yeah that 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 is something that is very interesting about uh, the model as well because the thing about this design is that the higher the speed that you want to achieve there's the complexity of the machine itself drastically goes up and which increases the price of machine a lot but if we are talking about decentralized unit where we are happy with the production output that we are getting you are there kartik as you want to increase the capacity or the production output of a machine the complexity of the machine also goes up and so the price of the machine it really shoots up if we are trying to make something like make about 1200 uh, pads a minute so that is something which is uh, also unique about the decentralized model that we can make even in terms of returns for an entrepreneur we are looking at a two or max three years where uh, the entrepreneur can get the returns for the investment made while for for big companies it's a very different plan they have huge investments both in the capital as well as in creating a brand and they also have a, a big timeline to you know get the returns on the investment made so these are very two different models and uh, the machine that we have designed is designed in such a way that the entrepreneur gets return in a short period of time I think Karthik this is a huge advantage if I look at it from my experience of manufacturing it has always been get to higher speed machines reduce your cost and here with this particular invention in this particular space you guys have completely busted this myth where you have brought down the speed and brought down the costs even lower than that I have been in the manufacturing space all through and the whole idea in this space has been to increase speeds to buy better machines which can give higher output and as a result of that reduce cost but here with this invention in your space while you have reduced the speed substantially but even more substantially you have reduced the cost of the machine so you have completely overturned and busted this myth with your machine in the sanitary napkin space so i think the way you started out with this podcast saying that you would like more and more people to come into building machines and learning engineering design from first principles i think that we have already lost a lot of time i think that is where innovation really comes into space also we are at a time where where even cost of uh, a lot of different bottles of the machines for example a lot of different sensors or motors etc these have also come down drastically and we have a lot of options different type of technologies that are available for people to you know choose and explore as you said there is there is no end to the imagination if we had what we had figured was that a decentralized model was something that would work out very well in this kind of space but 
since we have done it for last five years, we just realized that there are a lot more different fields where we can create these kind of disruptions where the manufacturing can be taken very local. So it's it's somewhat similar to the e-commerce and hyper-local as a concept as well. Even in terms of manufacturing, the 4.0 industrial revolution that everyone talks about, uh, where decentralizing is something that goes along with that. And with the help of the latest technologies, it's much more possible today to create a very decentralized model, which also has a very good quality of the product that you can you know please your customers with yeah i think uh, as a model it makes a lot of sense these days yeah it makes a lot of sense and i think you have a absolutely a brilliant example to showcase and take to different parts of the world to inspire that thought what about the sustainability issue so a few angles here first in terms of raw material wastage, water usage, energy consumption. And second, in terms of disposal, how is your product making a difference? Right. So firstly, I'll talk about energy consumption. Our decentralized technology is a very low energy consuming device. So when I talk about it in comparison of high speed lines, high speed lines require a lot of water. It's thousands of liters of water that is just used to keep the unit running and there's air conditioning that's required. There are very sophisticated electrical devices that is required. But ours being a very simple technology, we use less than you know six units per hour, which is fairly low. So that way the energy saving, even if uh, say I had to build about 300 of these machines to get output of a high speed line, the energy consumption would you know still be very low. Raw material wastage is, is a part of sanitary napkin production where we have a bit of plastic waste creation and paper that is created but the good thing here is that these are very segregated so the plastic that is uh, created from while we are running this unit is is purely plastic so it does not have any other materials and if you have these kind of plastics it's easy to resell and reuse these kind of products so that's what most of our clients do where they sell these plastic and paper uh, waste that is generated out of the machine and they're able to get at least 10 percent of the price that they have paid for. Also, there is this big debate about biodegradability of uh, sanitary napkins. And I think that more and more uh, institutes are working towards creating plastics that are compostable. Obviously, right now, as of today, the compostable products that are in market, they're they are very expensive and it, it becomes tough, especially in the areas that we want to penetrate and we want to improve the health and hygiene of women there. So they might not be able to afford these uh, compostable products as of today. But I'm sure that the prices of these compostable materials is going to go down. It's very similar to probably uh, uh, batteries that we look at the automotive industry where everyone is trying to move electric. So the prices of batteries are day by day, they're going down and it makes it more affordable for anyone to buy an electric vehicle. There's a similar analogy that we have for sanitary napkins as well. And what about disposal of sanitary napkins? So I think our government has set a very good standards for how the products have to be disposed. But obviously the challenge lies in implementation and uh, it's a combined effort of the manufacturer, of the consumer, the waste picker. Everyone has to go hand in hand so that we handle the disposal of these products in a proper way. Some few cities in India have set the example of how it can be managed. For example, Indore is like it has been the cleanest city of India for the last few years, but 
they do a very good job of segregation and collecting of menstrual waste and even diaper waste and uh, and the disposal systems are really good so if it's well managed ideally at least in urban towns they have to be incinerated in hospital incinerators so that is the safest way of uh, disposing these products but again in rural areas the disposal methods are slightly different from how it is in urban areas so yeah i think it is everyone's responsibility to to you know dispose th- these products in a safe manner do you have any thoughts or plans around uh, bringing decentralized incinerators uh, yeah so decentralized incinerators is also a very interesting uh, concept and there are few startups that have come up in this space who are actually building a uh, good quality incinerators so about incineration it's also important to know that these pads have to be incinerated at a certain range of temperature otherwise they might in fact create harmful gases so yeah the, it's important to have good quality incinerators and luckily we have a few companies now who have built these kind of incinerators so i'm sure a, a lot of incinerators have already been installed in a lot of uh, schools and colleges in remote areas and i'm sure we are going to increase the access to these kind of incinerators and about perfumes and chemical additions in the product how on that front do you compare with the big brands so they are all additional extra something that that a customer desires but what we have learned is that while the market that we go to and where we want to distribute the product i think the performance of the product in itself is the most important feature that people are looking for we have this option where if any of our client wants to customize to add a perfume or a color it's possible to do that but the quality of the product is the most important thing that's what we have seen so far so none of our have clients have gone for that and yeah i think it's it's something excess than than what is wanted what have been some of your most fragile and satisfying moments in this journey one of the first one was where when we were able to raise our first round of funding so we had already spent about 6 to 8 months trying to you know make this prototype and uh, we didn't uh, have much funds till that time so it was a time where we had to struggle quite a bit but i think it's natural for most of the startups that they would have to go through these phases it's it was still a very important point in in my journey as well but the one that i most fondly remember was when we had taken up a big order for sanitary napkins and it was 7 lakh pads that we had to make within 2 months and before that we would just you know at max we would have made 1000 pads in a day but we had taken up this big order where we said that okay in 2 months time we will deliver something of that volume and obviously we were uh, not very ready for that but that was a time where our entire team had pulled out like three shifts for two months and we would hardly had have any sort of sleep or anything but also we got delayed by a month to deliver that product we had to do it for our survival and we got through that phase as well so this is a very important moment that i'll always fondly remember it was also a lot of fun because you have a very young team working in the office 24 hours a day and it's a lot of work but it's also a lot of fun and end of the day if you get a good result you feel very happy with that yeah so these were two good moments but i'm sure there are many more that uh, that i can talk about yeah and uh, talk to me a little about the masks how did this thought come about how was it conceived during this covid time the process of conversion of your machine the connect with mahindra's so so in the month of march we realized that there is this need for mask that's there and quite a few of our clients were asking calling us and asking if our machines could start making masks as well so 
around mid of march uh, we had decided to take a call that let's we can give it a try we had a good knowledge about the disposable hygiene industry and we were in touch with a lot of these raw material suppliers but making a three ply mask was something new to us so around mid march we decided that let's give it a try and not just because it was an opportunity but we felt that we are in a very good position that being one of the few manufacturers in hygiene industry it's also a responsibility to make this kind of technology available during this time that's how we had felt as a team and so within 15 days our design team they again spent a lot of time uh, trying to modify our machine and within 15 days we had built this machine so during this time again due to because of the lockdown most of our suppliers they had shut their shops so it was tough and that is when we had approached mahindra that time so anand mahindra had put a tweet that he's willing to help out hardware companies who are trying to do something for the covid crisis so we had reached out to him saying that we have these designs and ideas and we can convert a few of our machines and start making masks so they really got excited with it and for us it was very obvious that you know mahindra could help us with manufacturing these parts that is required for our machine and also they have a very good production facility so within that 15 days we with the help of mahindra we made these modifications we got this machine up and running and we transported it to mahindra's factory in kandivali and we had begun production so by 1st of april we had started producing three ply masks and within 45 days we had created more than a million masks and mahindra through their csr had donated a lot of these masks to different hospitals to governments to police force etc so yes i think we are very lucky but we also feel proud about the impact that we could create during this time and very proud of my team as well because they had put in a lot of efforts to make this happen i think after that uh, we have gone on to also automate the entire machine and make a really world class uh, mask making machine so now we have automated a machine which can make about 80 masks per minute so it's a fairly high speed mask machine and we are continuing production of these masks and now we have tied up with marico to distribute these masks that's fantastic i think i would define Thank it you. as uh, a certain kind of serendipity where a lot of sagacity has been displayed and i remember reading this uh, it's called the pasture principle which says that chance favors the prepared mind some special receptivity born from past experience permits you to discern a new fact or to perceive ideas in a new relationship and go on to comprehend their significance that exactly sums up what you have done and the attitude and gratitude and the largeness of mahindra's in this it just comes together in such a fantastic way life brings us with such beautiful chances and opportunities it's just that we have to seize them that's so true i think we had a tremendous amount of learning in this very short span of time we worked with uh, really the top management at mahindra and the top management at marico it was very visible the, the impact that these kind of partnerships can have when we talk about partnerships between startups and large companies the amount of impact that we could create in such a short span of time so i think as a startup we are very fast we are very agile we have small teams we can take risks and we can make products very fast and that is our strength and that is what we realize that we are as a small company really good at while when i talk about these big companies they are taking us out to the market they have a, a very big reach they have good production facilities and it helps us to scale and take this product to a bigger market so 
that was a perfect collaboration and very happy that we could just be a part of that yeah amazing these moments just completely elevate you yeah <laughs> now you actually have commercial machines which can make both sanitary napkins and masks together yeah so now in fact with this entire experience of building a Uh, this mask machine now we have come up with a new model of a machine in which we can make both masks as well as sanitary napkins and we are just rolling out this machine in a short span of time it is also a very good advantage uh, in a decentralized model where you can switch the switch and make a different kind of product using the same machine so that is again something unique but we'll be coming out with it soon so we are still just testing it out and designing fantastic magnificent wish you a lot of great luck with that thank you i think a huge element of what you have done is born out of design thinking machine building and of course your program at iit what else do you have to share with us in this regard how should we take this subject up in a larger manner so i think this all starts with the education system itself and luckily we had a very good course where we were also given a lot of hands on experience and we had the opportunity to work on really interesting hardware projects but i think that is where uh, the curiosity starts and these days especially i find that students even in the local like state colleges have a lot of these opportunities to start working on hardware projects at at a very young age so i think it's fantastic there are very good career growth opportunities if anyone is looking at machine designing as a field there are only very few streams where people look at mechanical engineering maybe automotive engineer if we talk about electrical and computer science it's a slightly different field but in mechanical it's mostly constrained to automotive engineering just like to emphasize that machine designing is a very interesting very vast field and it has a huge impact on the economy of our nation altogether it's very interesting to learn that uh, a lot of simple things are not manufactured in india something like say a small needle is also not manufactured there is a lot of requirement of machine designers in our society so that we ourselves as a nation can become independent and we can start manufacturing whatever is needed for our country machine designing is an amazing field a lot of challenges for innovators and there is a lot that we have to do as a country to become independent in terms of manufacturing and machine designing and what would be some of the leading programs you would suggest for machine designing so i would say that uh, a lot of iits these days uh, the btech programs and even the mtech programs they have uh, good specializations in machine designing and uh, there are also a lot of internships available these days from uh, many different corporates which give a lot of exposure at uh, machine designing obviously the learning curve is, is big for machine designing there is obviously a difference between someone who has done machine design for 20 years and someone who's a fresher and has just begun so there's a, a lot of learning that has to be made but obviously it's a very rewarding career if you go through it i think that's a great input for you what is leadership i think a leader has a very strong vision that they want to create a sort of a change and uh, so anyone who has a a very a big picture in that sense that they would like to create some sort of change in society maybe a behavioral change or even in technology which can have a big impact on the society so i think that is the most important aspect uh, for a leader obviously then there are certain qualities which can be learned like for example public speaking is a skill that i have really you know just started learning 
and want to improve on and then skills can be added to make the leader uh, more effective so yeah for me just having that good vision is the most important aspect for a leader you were the winner of the national entrepreneurship award 2016 can you talk to us a little about that how did all that happen this was a government's program where they wanted to recognize entrepreneurs who were trying to you know, do something unique we had applied for that obviously we were in a initial stage at that time but in a very short span of time we had a new kind of machine that could make sanitary napkins and at that time we were the only manufacturer in the india that could provide a machine for making sanitary napkins and uh, we had a decent amount of revenue with, you know, by making pads from that machine and selling them so all those things since we had done in such a uh, short span of time uh, we are a hardware startup trying to create a social impact that was something that the government you know really recognized and that's why they had given us that award so we are very we feel very proud of achieving that recognition absolutely i think the whole nation is proud of what you have achieved and this award is only one further endorsement of what has been done with your vision and with your thinking on the sanitary napkin front people who are listening to your podcast what would you tell them to read and why i think as a entrepreneur the the book that i made a uh, very big impact was 0 to 1 but i am sure that most of the entrepreneurs go through that book there's a book called fail better which talks about looking at an enterprise in a very different perspective there's a book called innovators which talks about innovating and how to make commercial businesses out of it one of my favorite books is also a machine designing handbook which actually helped me out while trying to build these machines more than books i prefer reading articles from hbr they really keep me updated right great it was really wonderful to have you on the small big wins podcast i think we carry some very important takeaways from this podcast but the most important being in the area of machine building and the way you guys have demonstrated of breaking the myth that you can do something in a decentralized way with the same quality at a much lesser capital cost so i would like to close this podcast by thanking you of course but there are some lines uh, which i had read somewhere and fortunately written them down and i'm going to read them for you adventure on and if you suffer swear that the next venturer shall have less to bear your way will be retrodden make it fair and that's for you karthik wow that's amazing thank you so much harsh thank you for having me on your podcast and i hope it's going to be interesting for the listeners i have so no doubt that it will be <laughs> thanks again thank harsh you. thank you